Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. Today, we are here with Brittany Schroeder. And really to just kind of intro this lady, we've been talking for 40 minutes before this call, which is very uncharacteristic of me. So she's a great conversationalist first (laughs) off, but we are both LDS Mormons, whatever you want to call it, which is really fun. It's fun to see uh, other people from the same church, Uh, but we have a lot in common with business as well. But this lady has accomplished some amazing things. She's been featured on the Wall Street Journal. She's been on, oh my goodness, what was it? Famous news channel. Can you tell me, Brittany? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, America. America. Thank you. I don't watch the news, guys. I'm sorry. Um, But she's been all over the place, very successful coach. I wanted to bring her on because specifically, I think her and I jive really well when it comes to marketing topics and to scaling a business through systems. So I first want to kind of have you first off, obviously say hello, Brittany, say hello to everybody. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I'll make it uncomfortable for you and for everyone else. Um, But it's it's good to have you here. And I want to kind of get right into your story to, to, so our audience knows where you're coming from. Um, And so I want to ask you the epiphany moment. So for you, what was the big epiphany when you realized I could be a coach? I could actually teach people this stuff. Ooh, that is a good one. So I think I've, I've always had like an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur, like ever since I can remember. And I think the moment is just like helping people realizing, like, have you watched, uh, what's the, what's the movie? Um, Catch me if you can, you know, you know, with, uh, what's his name? Leonardo. Leonardo. I get, I get confused for him all the time. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, but you know, in like, he was like, he was a scam artist. Right. And, but it's based on a true story. And he was like a professor. And then when this, like, I don't know who I can, I don't even know who the real person is, like the real guy's name, but they said, how did you like, you taught, like he taught, like he was a college professor for a while. And they're like, how did you do that? And one of the, the quotes in there in the movie is he said, or in like what he, the guy said is like, you just have to be one chapter ahead of everyone else, you know? And so I think that that is like true to just being like a coach is just like, you have to just be one chapter ahead of those that you're teaching. And so I think just realizing, you know, as people started, you know, asking these questions and, you know, and, and I think it's like the longer we're in any profession, we take for granted, like our knowledge, you know, where we think, Oh, everybody knows that, you know, but like, (laughs) but no, like people don't know. And so I think like my moment was just like, Oh my gosh, like I know a lot of stuff about business. Like I can help like a lot of people with these, like just these basic things that kind of come naturally to me, you know? Right. And I I love that quote. You know, what's funny, Brittany is I've had probably four or five guests on over the years. That was one of the the big turning moments for them was actually seeing that movie because you're like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm ahead by one step. I don't have to be ahead. I don't even have to be the smartest person in the world. I just have oh, to yeah. be the smartest one in the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Ahead. Yeah. Um, well, and people struggle, like how many people struggle with like imposter syndrome? You know what I mean? It's like, right. you watch that movie <laughs> and take notes, you know? So yeah, for sure. Well, you actually bridge right into my next question very well. That was brilliant. Guys, we did not script this. I promise this. But what was so interesting, Brittany, about that is that the, the next problem that people have though is, is why me? Everybody has an excuse. You know, I'm 28 years old. And when I was first starting coaching, I think I was like 22. I mean, imagine the imposter syndrome at that age. I'm like, I'm in college. I make no money. 
they're asking me for marketing help, you know? And yeah. then you could be like, well, I'm old. Oh, I've never actually worked on, uh, on these type of projects before, whatever. There's a thousand different reasons why you could have imposter syndrome. But I want to ask you this though, Brittany, because I think you're uniquely qualified for this is like, how, like, how, how do you, as a coach, keep yourself or restrain you to just teaching that, that one step that you already know, instead mm-hmm. of feeling like you have to teach the entire system. Oh, that's, right? Okay. That is like a hard one because I think I felt like you and I were talking about this a little bit of just even like value, you know, like we invest in things and we want them to be good. And so with, with me, sometimes like, it's like taking a drink from a fire hose. Like I, I really have to like hold back and say, okay, baby steps. Like that is something that I've had to work on because I do want to give so much information because I want to give value, but sometimes it's just giving that like one little step that is going to help them the most because people get overwhelmed and paralysis by analysis, right? Like right. when there's too many things to do, like we freeze, we don't progress, you know? So I would have to say that's something that I definitely have to like, that I, something that I have to work on and I have worked on in, you know, in my own business is just like, okay, one step at a time, you know, like it's a system, it's a sequence. You have to learn, you know, like it's layers you know, right. even funnels. I, I teach my clients this all the time. Like funnels is like, you're just building layers and layers and layers, but like you have to have the foundations first before you can right. build onto the, those layers, you know? Yeah. And I, I love, that was a great response, by the way. I, I just, the reason I, I asked that is I know for myself, I run into that same problem too. You know, we, I think it was January or February. Uh, we started looking at companies to start growing by acquisitions and, and bringing new companies on, which is really kind of a tier three strategy. You know, you've passed the offer mark, you've finally got a good team in place, and then you're, you can scale through buying other companies. And I started like teaching it on my podcast. I remember stepping back and being like, whoa, 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 these are people who aren't even close to ready to acquire companies at this point. Why are you talking about this? You know, And I know for me, it was kind of that moment where I was like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm overstepping what I need to do. You know, I need to just back off a little bit and let it be you know, just, just teach that one step that I'm great at, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways. So I just wanted to ask you that it was a really interesting question. So, um, so let's talk systems on this because I know that one of your unique abilities is actually helping people to scale using systems. And you've worked with a lot of people helping them start from scratch and build an actual company. But what have you, what have you found to be like the number one, I guess, scaling mistake that you've seen people run into when they're starting a company? Well, I think like not having, you know, systems in place, like I always teach, like they don't have standard operating procedures, like SOPs is like huge. And I think a lot of people, you know, our wheels are spinning unless we have these like SOPs in place and we know what we're doing, you know, you're, it's like a hamster wheel. Like you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're going and going and going, but you're like not moving anywhere. And so I would say, um, not having systems. I always say like businesses fail for two reasons, two main reasons, either they don't get enough business or they get too much all at once and they can't keep up with it and bad customer service or, you know, that you're losing business that way. And so you have to have systems in place, especially, you know, you're, especially like businesses who are just starting out or have smaller teams, like you can only scale so much. You're only one person. And if you don't have systems and automations, like things are going to fall in the cracks and your business is going to start to like unravel. You have to have like really good like systems in your business to scale. 
Do you agree? Don't you agree? Oh, I 100% agree. And, and you know, it's funny <laughs> you were talking and I'm nodding over here. Cause I'm like, that's exactly where, cause like that's been our business is it's either feast or famine, right? You're overdoing it. You have way too many sales coming in the door and you're not prepared for it or you have not enough and you're, you're still suffering because you can't keep enough money coming in the door. And I'm kind of curious what your remedy is to that, because I know for us identifying that first system. So I will even tell you, we, we ran into this problem again, last month uh, we were prepping. Cause I was trying to get myself out for the, for two or three weeks because we were having our first baby as everybody knows. And so I was like, I can't be there for two or three weeks. So we've got to kind of ramp up and everything. So we took on a bunch of new sales. What I found is that when um you know, for, for me, like we're running into the system, the systems issue, because we were, we weren't prepared to replace me. I was the system that was unreplaceable at the moment. I didn't do a good enough job of that. And what was happening is we were having poor customer service with some of those new clients because that, that journey for them wasn't traveled effectively, I guess would be the way of saying that. But so how, how do you remedy that? And where, what are the first systems you recommend that people put in place for scaling and, and preventing that? Okay, so probably my first one is kind of an exercise that I do with my clients is I have like a little worksheet and I'm like, Kate, what is the client experience from the moment of contact till like you've delivered your product or service? You know, what is that? And, and write it down, like write down every single step in the process, like it, whether that's a consult or whatever. And then like go through and like, what can you automate? What are things, so I'm big on automation, but like, what are things in the process that you can automate? What are things you're doing over and over and over again that you can automate? And, you know, like, so automate that. So for example, if like, if I'm coaching somebody, I do like to check in on my clients and I do group coaching, but I still like to check in on my group clients, my group clients when I'm, you know, just have time. But I also have like these systems that are automated, you know, so they, you know, like I have a system set up that they pay and then it puts them into like and automatically they get the contract, but then it also puts them into like an email sequence where I'm checking in on them, even when I'm not checking in on them. And so, you know, like how many times have you worked with a, a company and you just, or, you know, anything coaching or anything, and you feel like you're not seen or heard you know, where you're in a group. And so it's so important that you are making the effort, like that you are reaching out. And those are things that you can automate. You know, there's been, you know, several times I I live in Houston. And so we have hurricane season. And, you know, like last year, we had a freeze and we never get a freeze because we don't get like, we don't get snow or anything. And it like knocked us out. Like we were out for like a week, like no power, (laughs) nothing like, you know what I mean? And so we're, I mean, we don't even have like our, like fireplaces here, you know? So, but it was like, I had no power, but I would drive down the street to check once a day, go check my email. And it was like, I was still bringing in money. My clients were still like getting emails from me. My social media was still being posted because I had created these automations and these systems that were working. And so that's probably my first one is like the client experience, like know your client experience, what are the steps and like, what can you automate? So that's like, that. that's probably like my, one of the very first things that I, I tell people to do. And I wish I had known this years ago. <laughs> I, I think that was so spot on Brittany, because that is in my opinion, the most important automation to have in place is that customer experience because we've all been through it. You know, I even recently, we paid somebody 30,000 or $35,000 to, to do a specific system in our business. 
I kid you not, in one month's time, I could not get them to communicate with me for a whole month. And this is a big company. And most of you would probably know their names. And I remember sitting back going, how have they not mastered this yet? This is like a hundred million dollar company. And so I remember like stepping back and and we actually fired them, which was weird having to go to this this big client. But then we, we switched to a different one who was probably the number two on that list. And they crushed. I mean, they did such a good mm-hmm. job of, I mean, I, I was getting annoyed by how much they were communicating with me actually. And that's what was really interesting is I'm like, wow, they actually are going to, to guide me through this process. So love that answer, Brittany. Um, so when it comes to the customer experience, I want to unpack that a little bit. How should people be bringing these clients into their world, right? So we're talking to agencies and coaches here. We all have basically the same type of process that we should be implementing. So how would you recommend the customer journey should look like for somebody um, who's an agency when they're onboarding yeah. somebody? Well, I think too, one of the things, and I, I've learned this in, you know, I've worked in nonprofit and I've had other businesses and it, it's really like people sometimes don't remember like the product or the service, but people always remember like how you made them feel, you know? And so I think that it's just like so important that you, you know, like a handwritten letter, a thank you letter, like is like so powerful, you know, like, knowing when their birthday is, or, you know, like, just like these little things. And I think that as you scale in your business and you're like making more and more and more, like you can afford to like create like an awesome like experience where it is, you know, like sending a little gift, sending like a thank you, because I feel like when you are charging more, like your experience needs to like reflect that. And, right. and I, I mean, like I probably, I'm very type A, so I, I have I have high standards, you know, but I think there's been times where I've invested in, um, you know, like different coaching or different programs. And then I've been like, okay, well, this is kind of, this is like, I haven't heard from you, you know, kind of what you were saying, where it was just like, you know, you can check in on me, you know, like, you know, I, I think personalizing the experience, right. you know, um, you want to make sure that like everybody feels seen and heard and that like, whether you are coaching one or like 200 people, you should know like everybody like by their name and, and their story or whatever. You know what I mean? So right. like probably not by their name. I'm horrible at names, but I can remember <laughs> like random details. The face and the story. Them. That's what's important. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I think it's just, you know, so I think that's like super important that just like the experience, like how did you, you make them feel, you know, like, do, do they feel like they were seen and heard and, and, you know, and maybe it's different for men and women. I don't know. Is it? Is no, it I would, like- I would 100% agree. I don't think that's a gender specific thing. Okay, okay. The truth of it is we all want to be taken care of. It's a status yeah. thing, right? Yeah. When we go to a $50 hotel, we're expecting a five-star treatment no matter what. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when in all reality, it's like, well, you paid 50 bucks. It's not going to be a concierge yeah, service yeah. hotel. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes. Yeah, so, so that's, I, I would say, yes, it is, it isn't gender specific. And I agree with you 100%. We had a, um, we hired somebody to do some systems for us a while back. And one of the things that they told me was like, well, well, what's your reward system for your clients? And I remember going, that's a weird, <laughs> that just sounds weird. It's like they're dogs. Like, how do we treat them? You know, is, is have a reward system for them. But they're like, well, when a client hits a milestone, send them a gift. You know, they're already paying you so much money, just a lot of into your budget or increase your prices. And then a lot of into your budget. Um, I remember just thinking, this is brilliant. I, I, can, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine like for myself, if I hit a milestone, like just say I, I got my first lead or I got my first sale from their service, 
if they were to send me, you know, some really cool award or something, you know, that would make me feel really good. Like, yeah. You yeah. know what? I made a yeah. good decision. It reaffirms their decision to buy with you. So yeah. I love it. Your, your whole customer yeah. experience thing. It, it touches well, the nerve because we're focusing on right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and don't you think like marketing is really like it's becoming memorable, you know, and that's yeah. why I'm constantly pushing with my clients, like, you know, like repurpose content, like, you know, get on, don't be on a million platforms, but like get on a platform and like repurpose that content, you know, like in your email marketing on different platforms, because people might not need your service right now, but when they do, like, are they going to remember you? Are they going to remember to refer you like becoming memorable? And I, and I really think it's like that experience that really makes you like memorable, you know, those, those yeah. little things. Wow. Yeah. That's brilliant. Memorable. Are you memorable? And that's the word I think we should be thinking about, especially in the agency world. And as coaches, right, it's become so commonplace to be a coach or an agency and it, it feels hard to stand out. And I hear that over and over again. Well, it's just hard to stand out from this, but what you're saying is that's the different, the difference, right? Mm -hmm. And if you ask any entrepreneur, if you ask them, well, what's your differentiating factor, right? They'll always say we care more. <laughs> that's like one of their things. Oh, we, we care more. Oh, and we do this, this extra thing. But you don't care more by feeling, you care more by actions. And and if mm -hmm. you show them and you reward them and you, like you said, they, they come in, they just feel so welcome and accepted and they're part of that family and you have that relationship with them, they're going to stay forever. So I love that. It's, yeah. 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 What it's is forever. yours? What is your dif different, what, what, what did you say? How did you, you the differentiating that? factor? Ours is really making you legacy based. It's literally, we're making awesome. you ridiculously visible. And because people, people in the content creator space, and I love that you asked us this <laughs> people in the content creator space, it's like, Oh, we have a content strategy for you. But like, people don't care about that. We're here to make you famous. That's what we're here to yeah. do. You know, outcome, we want to make you a top podcaster. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, um, yeah. So we're, we're trying to make our differentiating factor be, we have a bunch of little ones, like, like sending them mm -hmm. gifts. And we're actually in the process right now of training somebody, their entire role is going to be making sure the client feels welcome and they're going to be sending them gifts and, and like personalized gifts, you know, like we're allotting a big part of our budget, raising our prices and everything. So we can make sure to be providing that, that good of a service. So love that. Love That's that question. Awesome. So Brittany, you mentioned you're a type A personality. Now I should know this on the disc profile. Is that a DI? Is oh, I don't know. the disc, I don't know the disc profile. I'm yeah. very like analytical. I'm very like, so I, I like, I, I did photography for years right. and I, I had to work harder at the creative part, but the business part comes naturally because my dad's an engineer. Like I think you're like in, you're a DC, I think is what it is. Yeah. I, I don't because know that one. You're a crazy, I, I guess, you're a crazy good driver. Cause you're like, yeah. get it done, but you're also hyper analytical. Yeah. See, my yeah. problem is I'm a DI. So I'm like, I'm a big driver, but I'm like, Hey, somebody clean up my mess. <laughs> like I'm going to make I all this chaos. You. you make it work. Right. I'm very organized. Yeah. Very, or I like, I do spreadsheets for like a hobby in my pastime. Like, let's just make a spreadsheet for this. So that's weird is I actually really enjoy that too, but it's not my personality type. I don't know yeah. how that worked yeah. out, but maybe schooling yeah. did that to me. Um, yeah. Brilliant. So the reason I asked that is a lot of the people who listen to the show consider themselves introverts, right? And I would actually mm -hmm. consider you from what I know of you in the past hour that we've known each other, that you are pretty extroverted, right? You're, yeah. you're totally fine being out there and what I like to call like the dancing monkey for your company, right? That's what I am. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. how, would, how would you recommend for somebody who's more introverted to incorporate systems that don't put them into a box, like getting them yeah. away from the people role. Yeah. Well, I think you have to focus on like what you're good at, like what are your strengths, you know? And 
and I teach this all the the time, like what works for me is not going to work for everybody else because I am extroverted. I told you this before we started recording, I said, oh, I was networking before I even realized like it was a thing. Like I just am a very like curious, inquisitive person. I ask a lot of questions, you know? And so I think you have to like, you know, focus on what you're good at. You know, like I, I always say, like, I can teach you every single thing that I know how to do that has made me successful, but that doesn't mean that it's going to work for me. You know, somebody who's introverted might be a really great writer and they spend a lot of time on like email marketing or writing blogs or, you know, something like that. So you have to like focus on your strengths. And I always say like, here's point A and point B. There's like so many different ways to get there. And, you know, we, we see all these like influencers or whatever, and they're doing it this way. And we think we have to do it that way to have the success. And that's not true. It's really not like everybody is different. So find what, find what you want to do and be committed, be committed to what you decide that like, Hey, I'm going to do like, I want to work on SEO. I'm a blogger. I don't want to be on like social media, like commit and be consistent and, and just stay in your lane and focus on what you're good at. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, you know, what's funny to me is that a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they, in order to be an entrepreneur, like you said, or an influencer, or whatever you want to call it is they feel like they have to be the Russell Brunson, the Gary Vaynerchuk, the, the, the front, the flagship person at the front of their company. But it's been interesting to watch that in our day and age is you can actually come in as that introvert type person who's maybe way more systems oriented, doesn't care to do any marketing. And all you have to do is find somebody who is a visionary, likes to be in front of people and you just partner. And what's mm-hmm. interesting is you're both still guiding the company's direction and you can still have a hundred percent saying what's going on, but it's putting you in a position of strength instead of into your weak areas. And I know for me, that would have helped me speed up a lot in the beginning is, is knowing, oh, I need to partner with somebody who's very good at systems, um, mm-hmm. but who is also a driver who wants to keep those systems moving. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love where you're going with that. So I want to ask you this, Brittany, we are coming up to the end here. So the first thing I want to ask you is if you could give one actionable step to our audience, something they could go apply right now after this call, what would that be? So one of my favorite like mantras, if you will, is automate, delegate, and eliminate. So something is just look at like your business and where are you getting an ROI? Where are you getting a return on investment? You know, are you, um, you know, are you spending like five hours on social media, but you're not getting clients from there? And if that's the case, like eliminate that and, and, you know, find ways that you can automate things that are a distraction to you and then delegate kind of just like touching on what you just, what we were just kind of talking about is like, if like delegate your weaknesses. You know, I I do think it's important to like have a knowledge and understanding of every aspect of your business, but understand it. And then if you don't want to do it and you're not good at it, delegate it. But I I think that you have to have a knowledge in order to be a good manager, because I mean, I'm sure you've seen this a million times. Like I know you did Facebook ads, but it's like if people don't like how many times are we hiring people who really don't know what they're doing? And so I do think you have to have, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but like, that's good. That's good. You know, like, <laughs> but no, like have a good, have a knowledge of like all of the, the parts of your business. And then if you don't, if you're not getting a return on investment, like you delegate that, you know, 
So that's probably like my, those are my words of wisdom for (laughs) an entrepreneur. Well, and I love it. And I want to highlight one point in there, which is eliminate. That's the hardest thing to do as an entrepreneur is to look Mm -hmm. at something and, and hand it off to delegate and eliminate it. And I know for me, right? I actually really genuinely enjoy editing podcasts and creating content and these things. I'm not really an artist, but for some reason, that stuff just makes sense to me. But I recently hired a coach, Cole Gordon, and and he was um, the first call. He's like, Josh, um, I, I never want you to touch anything fulfillment related. I don't even want you involved in the fulfillment process of your business ever again. Um, he's like, by the end of the week, I need you out of the fulfillment. And I remember just like, being floored going, oh, but it's so hard to like hand that off to somebody and just hope that everything gets done and everything. And there were some, some hiccups, but it's actually helped a lot to have that fulfillment completely out of my hands. And, and I know that, uh, you almost need somebody to like whip you to get you to, to not do things. <laughs> Cause as no, I, think it, I think it's, yeah. And I think it's hard because I, when you're an entrepreneur, I think like it's your baby, like, no, I, I don't care. You can hire the most amazing people, but like nobody loves it the way that you do nobody cares and so that's definitely like a struggle of mine like I'm a control freak like (laughs) I want it done and I want it done right and like you know I've had to like let go of some things that aren't like they're not helping me like progress they're not helping me scale and grow but I want them done a certain way and I've had to let go of some of that control you know that is a hard one yeah, that it's it's yeah letting go is difficult I could rant on that for days but it's definitely difficult so where, Brittany, where do you actually post the most? Do you blog? Do you hang out on Facebook, Instagram? Are you a podcaster? Where do you hang out? So I I would say Instagram is probably my jam where I like I, I post on there and then I repurpose. Oh, that's another tip. Repurpose. That that's that's you too. Right? That's our business, guys. She's preaching yes. for us. <laughs> yes, that is Josh. That is Josh. But so I would say like Instagram, but I also like I don't spend a ton of time on there. You know, I'm big on like Mondays are content creation day. I do all my content creation on Monday. It's scheduled one and done. And then I engage and use social media as like a place to socialize and network. Um, but I would say like Instagram is probably my jam. If I had to pick one, it would be Instagram. I love that. So what's your handle? Where can people access that? Brittany.schroeder, B-R-I-T-T-N-I dot Schroeder. So I'm the oldest Brittany that I have ever met. I'm, <laughs> I had to think how old I am. I'm 44. I have to think 44. So you're, you're the namesake of Brittany. You're like, yeah, everyone's say, named after me. Yeah. I always say like Brittany, like Spears, but better, way better. <laughs> <laughs> and I have all my hair. She says, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Brittany, if you're listening to this, you know, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, love that. Okay. So I want to ask you one final question then. Um, and before I do that, actually, everybody, make sure you go check out BrittanySchroeder.com. That's where you can get in communication with Brittany at any time. So Brittany, if you were on your deathbed and you had an entrepreneur sitting there, what would you tell them? Well, like aside from systems and automations, I would say like be consistent, learn how to fail and um, like, like get good in your mind. Like m- mindset is like, it's huge. You know, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you've learned anything from this or any other episode, make sure you rate it and share it with another entrepreneur who could help. Thanks again, and I'll catch you on the flip side.